What I want to talk to you about is God's vision for you. God's vision for you is his greatness for you. We as believers should understand exactly what God's plan is for your life. We should understand. And if we have a clear, concise picture or a vision, if you will, a little snapshot of what God's plan is for your life, you, in a sense, become unstoppable. Because if you start to actually believe what God says about you is actually for you, then you, no one can convince you otherwise. So I've been thinking about this for a while. I said, Lord, you know, I'm very happy what you've done for me. I'm very thankful for you being faithful to me. So, but I want, I want to step into that next plateau. All right. You know, I want to, I want to be the Warren Buffett right. of every spiritual experience. Right. I, you know, I, 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 I want to be like Timothy. I want to be like Paul. I want to be like Jesus. Right. Now, I know that I, I don't want to die for any of your sins, because trust me, I can't. But I want to experience every single thing that God has for me. That's right. That's right. And if I'm not experiencing that right now, then there's something that there's a disconnect. And I think as believers, we get to a point where the pastor talked about it already, about you stand and stand and stand and you don't see anything. So you just let it go. And I think so many people are lost now because they have no vision. That's right. Mm. Or they don't believe God's vision for them is actually for them. Right. So instead of praying and believing, you're just existing in a mediocre state. So we want to talk about that today. Because God's vision for you is his what? Greatness for you. Who wants to be great? Just Pat? For you? I want to experience God's greatness. So if you have your your Bible, he's got a pair too. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. And um, because because I have so much time, today is really just going to be an introduction to what we're going to talk about. Because I I think this is important. I actually honestly believe that if we understand God's vision for our life, everything else in your life, will fall into place. Singularly and corporately. See, because if you are actually experiencing God's vision and his will is being performed in your life, then you have nothing else to worry about. And just imagine if the entire church operated in God's will. You wouldn't have to worry about counting empty chairs. If you, as an ambassador for Christ actually operated in God's will all of the time. Imagine how different your life would be. Hmm. All right, so let's go to Proverbs 29, verse 18. And we know this. We know this. We know this verse. We say it all the time. You can, in fact, you can read it with me if you'd like. I'd love crowd participation. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Happy is he. Now, when we talk about the law traditionally in the Old Testament, there's nothing happy about it. 
It's actually meant to keep you bound in, in a tiny, tight little spot. And that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about his precepts, his commandments, or his revealed plan for your life. So that if you follow this, then you will be happy. Let's read this in the Amplified, shall we? Let's get over here real fast. Let me get to my verse. So in the Amplified, it says, Where there is no vision, no redemptive revelation of God, the people perish. But he who keeps the law of God, which includes that of man, blessed, happy, fortunate, and enviable, is he. Enviable. Media, if you have this in the God's words translation, without prophetic vision, people run wild. But blessed are those who follow God's teachings. Nobody wants to be an IRAD. But without a prophetic vision, People just do whatever they want. And I find this interesting here is that without someone speaking over your life, you run wild and rampant. Now, if you continue to read through that magnificent book that we call the Bible, it talks about you prophesying over your own life. That's right. That's right. So if you, as a believer, don't even do that basic function of speaking over yourself, then you will be like a boat without a rudder. You will just list back and forth with no destination, never arriving anywhere, just sitting in circles. And as believers, we have found ourselves in that position where it's like, Lord, my prayers aren't being answered. I'm not receiving anything. What is going on? Maybe because we have no prophetic vision. Maybe we haven't bought into what God has said about us. Maybe we are not seeing ourselves the way God has intended us to be seen. Read this here in the Message Bible. You know, and it's funny if you guys pay attention. We actually talked about this verse about four weeks ago during Opportunity for Prosperity. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. If you can't see what God is doing, you will stumble over your own inefficiencies. So what we need to talk about today are two things. We need to talk about vision. We need to talk about sight. Who knows what a vision is? Anybody? Anybody? What did you say? I couldn't hear. I'm, I'm actually asking for an answer. I'm putting you on the spot. Right, something you see ahead, a view, something that you see ahead. I'm going to give you this snazzy little version of my definition I have for you. So the vision is the physical act of seeing and the spiritual gift of insight. All things, either physical and spiritual, are seen by God. So God sees everything, physically and spiritually. Like, okay. Sight it's physiological. Like, it's just it's something that happens. Your eyes will see. That's what they do. That's what they're meant to do. They interpret images, and your eyes and your brain figure out what you're saying. But here's the problem with that. 
I can trick your eye. I can make your eye see something that's not really there. Or not see something that's there. So maybe my eyes are probably not something that I should use as my beacon to lead me through. It's probably not a good benchmark. But if we read in Proverbs 29, what is the best benchmark? Hmm. The best benchmark is having that vision or that God-revealed plan for our lives. What he wants right now is for you to change your entire way of thinking, being, and living. See, because what we're currently doing isn't working. See, we have convinced ourselves that it's okay for your prayers not to be answered. That's why folks stop praying. And we've been convinced that it's okay to be mediocre. That's why people don't expect anything. And we've been convinced that greatness is for someone else, not named me. That's why we aspire to nothing. Now, as a believer, should that be our testimony? No. Absolutely not. Especially if we know the God that we serve. Especially if we know the God that we serve. So throughout our three-week journey that I have you captive, (laughs) we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about how to receive God's vision for our lives. We're going to talk about what impedes that vision. And we're going to talk about protecting your vision. So we've already established in Proverbs, without a vision, what happens? You perish. Without a God-revealed vision, you perish. See, my vision for me is not greatness. My vision for me is hard work, is saving every single thing that I get. My vision is back-breaking. But God's vision for me is a life of ease. That's right. That's right. Of prosperity. Yes. Of experiencing his greatness. Yes. That is what God's vision for your life truly is. Right. So let's, how about this? Here's a crazy idea, right? right? Bear with me. How about we actually believe what the Bible says about us? I know it's going to challenge your theology. And it might even question who you are as a believer to actually believe the word of God. It's an interesting concept, but I guarantee you, if you try it, it will work. Mm-hmm. See, we're going to get to a point, maybe not today, maybe next week, mm-hmm. where you actually will understand that seeing God's greatness helps you become more empowered. That's right. See, you talk about it today when you think about the goodness of Jesus and all that he has done. You get excited inside because it's affirmation and confirmation that, one, he's done it already, and two, he's continuing to do it. That's right. And now it has to be doing it for me. That's right. That's right. So let's, here, let's let's, let's do this. I'm going to give you three quick points real, real fast. When we talk about the amplified version of this verse, you see that if you have no redemptive revelation of God, then you cannot be blessed. So, fact number one, to be blessed by God, he has to reveal himself to you. 
And when he does, what do you have to do as a believer? Receive it and believe it. Okay? So that's what needs to happen first. Because God wants to reveal his entire nature to you. In God's words translation, it says, prophetic vision, people will run wild if there's none in place. So maybe we need to start speaking over ourselves. Just maybe. Just maybe. But I'm getting a little ahead of myself. We'll get to that down the road. And the message says that God's plan, or his revealed plan, is the only way that you should operate. We talked about it before. It's not by our sight. The Bible says we walk by what? Faith. Faith and not by sight. And not by sight. Mm-hmm. Because your sight can be altered. But God's vision is infallible. Yeah. It's indestructible. Yeah. And it is permanent. Right. See, God's not going to change his mind about what he told you. Oh, no. Understand that. <laughs> so if God said, you know what? You're going to be the head and not the tail. It's the truth. He's not going to come on Wednesday and say, you know what, Miriam? Everyone else is going to be the head, not the tail. But you, sister. I'm sorry. Maybe next time. You get the tail assignment. He's never going to say that to you. He's never, ever, ever going to say that. He didn't call just some of us to be more than conquerors. He called all of us to be more than conquerors. So on a very basic level, we have very similar visions. We know that we should be above only and never again beneath. The head and not the tail. We should be blessed in the city and the country. Everything our hands and feet touch shall prosper. Those are basic functions of your basic level vision. Okay? So as a new believer, when you come into the fold, just like when you you get an insurance policy, there's several different layers that you can accept. Well, you can just get minimal, you can get just collision, you can get liability. Here is your basic plan. Here's your basic God vision plan. I will make you the best thing going. That's basic. That's easy. That's what he wants to do for you just because he loves you. And you decided to let him come and live in your heart. That's what you get instantly. So the instant plan is for you to have a life of total life prosperity. Now, when you get into the buy-in plan or the buy-up program, or, you know, you'll find that in John 10 and 10, that's the buy-up program. When you get there, just read it. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But that's the buy-up plan. What do you want to do more than a, you can ask or think? Giving your life fulfillment overflowing. And that's what he wants to do. He wants you to get to the point where greatness oozes out of you. You ever been around people that have no drive? What does it do? For me, it irritates me. And it drains me in a way that I cannot begin to describe. Because I think that I should always be moving forward. And always be looking to attain something else. Always be moving in a positive direction. And for someone to sit and say, no, I can't. They are a drag on you. Yes, they are. Here's another nautical reference. And I have no idea why I'm going boats today. But 
When a boat starts to list to one side or the, the other, you're creating drag, which means there's something else right. in the water that's pulling you down. Yep. And ultimately, if you don't cut loose the drag and the weight, you will capsize. And I believe some of us, no one in this room, but some of us may be sitting at the bottom of the ocean because we have allowed people to cloud our vision and sink our ship. And instead of saying, this is not where I should be, we have become convinced that being at the bottom is all that I can do. And that's not okay with me. More importantly, it's not okay with him. He did not send his son down here to die for you so that you can live a life of bottom feeding. Understand that. Understand that. Real quick, I have to go to the obligatory version, a vision verse, um, because when you talk about vision, you cannot not mention this verse. So, everyone, let's go to Habakkuk, chapter 2. We know what Habakkuk says, correct? Well, let's get there. The media is going to help us out in a little bit. So, Habakkuk, chapter 2, and I'm going to read this to you in a couple different versions. But right now, what I want to do is show this to you. You know what? Let's go King James first. Let's go with the originator. So... Start in verse 2. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, make it plain upon tables, that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. I like that part about your vision speaking and not lying to you. So the vision or God's plan or God's revealed plan, or God's prophetic plan, will actually speak to you and say, hey, this is what we got. This is what we're going to do. Come on, think about this. And when it speaks to you, it's telling you the exact truth. So when he says, I'm going to make you great, he actually means it. And he's not lying. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. I like this. When you look at Proverbs and Habakkuk, the Hebrew word for vision, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce this. I will spell it for you phonetically. K-H-A-W-Z-A-W. If you take a, a hack at it, it's almost like Zawa. Talks about vision in a specific term, as in something that should be longed after. So when you get home, check it out in your strong concordance. Check it out and look at it. It says this is something to perceive, contemplate with pleasure. So when you think of God's vision for your life, you should think of it with pleasure. Like we had read before, it's going to make you happy. Specifically to have a vision of something to behold, prophecy, or provision. So in these two verses here, he's talking about providing for you from a prophetic standpoint. He said, I'm going to speak something over your life that will cause provision to come into your life. 
I like that. I like being overtaken by provisions. I like that. I really do. What's interesting here is that in verse 3, it talks about you being patient and waiting for his goodness and his mercy and all of his greatness will surely come upon you. I think some of us have had a vision. We have written it clearly upon tables. And we are not so good at the waiting part. Because we want to say, yes, Lord, this is what I need, and declare and decide and decree a thing. And if it doesn't show up right then, we are now discouraged. Because, Lord, you said I was supposed to do this, and it didn't happen. But it talks about it in a point of time. It will come. See, because when God speaks to you, he does not what? He does not lie. He cannot lie. But the interesting thing here is Habakkuk getting up to this point to write these verses here. If you read the entire book of Habakkuk, it's a two-way conversation. It is the only book in the Old Testament that is a running dialogue between God and a man. Think about this. Because if you read it, all he's doing is asking questions and God is answering him. Which means that he had to spend time with God to get a clear vision for what he should be doing and saying to the people of Israel. It took time. Relationship building. So maybe, just maybe, if I want to get a clear, concise picture of my vision, I actually have to spend time with God. Lord, reveal to me what is for me. Yes. See, because we know the basic, we know the basic plan. Mm-hmm. We have the basic plan. Yeah. But see, I want to know the billion-dollar idea. Yeah. Right? Yes. That's right so, Lord, reveal to me your billion-dollar plan for me. Yes. Lord, reveal to me your plan of success for my life. That's right. Lord, reveal to me how I can be an instrument for you to use. Over everything else. That's right. That's right. See, I think, and we'll talk about this a little later on, we have a vision, we have it clear in our head of what we want to accomplish, but then some things cloud our vision. Yeah. Or, you know, you get something in your eye, maybe you get a disappointment in your eye. Yeah. All right, so disappointment's coming, and now you're blinking. Uh-huh. Trying to blink it out. You still see your vision, but disappointment came. You know, and it's been in there for a long time because what you prayed for hasn't shown up. So now you're really rubbing the eye, trying to really get it out so you can still see what God has for you. And it's gotten to the point now where you have forgotten about the vision and only care about what's irritating your eye. And now you can't see. Because you've just now spent your time doing this and not saying, God, what's your vision for me? I don't care what I see. I'm not being moved by what I feel, what I see, what I hear. Lord, it doesn't matter that there's an irritant in my eye. I don't care because I know what you said is for me. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. And so many times we get locked in on the very small speck that you miss the entire picture. So now your vision is blurry and out of focus. And when you're out of focus, then you're not hearing from him If you're not hearing from him, then there's no prophetic revelation being spoken over your life. Mm -hmm. And if that's the case, now you are sunk with nothing. 
Because you started out good. But we weren't focused enough. We didn't want to spend that time. So, Lord, let's develop this plan. You know, when you want to start a business, you have to have a, a business plan. Now, you just don't write a business plan on the back of a napkin and walk into a bank and say, here's my billion-dollar idea. No. It has to be thought out. It has to be thought out and clear and concise as to how I want to get from here to here to here. This is my plan of success. And it takes time to develop that. It's going to take time for you to develop your relationship with God so that that vision becomes crystal clear and you know it forwards and backwards. That's right. Yeah. Sister Pat talked about covenant mm-hmm. earlier today. How she's been so covenant-minded. And when she reads, she reads it through. I like that expression, through covenant eyes. I think that's awesome. Yeah. You should probably put that on a T-shirt because that's really good. In fact, I'll do it for you. But I think... But I think if you get to that point where you're starting to see everything through God's eyes, through his vision for you, then you won't be discouraged and success will come. And it doesn't matter what happens because you are holding steadfast to that bedrock of your faith. Mm You know, when you read here, and I'm going to close with this, and I, I man, I, I had a lot of buildup. It's got a ton of stuff for you. But when you read Habakkuk, and it talks about writing the vision, yeah. making it plain, putting it upon tablets, yeah. so that all that can see and run by can see, okay, this is the vision. Now, if you read through Habakkuk, this was something that was done corporately, put up so everyone could see. Yeah. This is what God has said about us. So you're all in tune. This is it. So write it up in big block letters. So everyone can see and be a part of it. It's a public statement. It's a public statement. It was a giant billboard. Now let me ask you this. What is the purpose of billboards? To get your attention. To get your attention, to catch your eye, and to advertise something on it. So when God is telling you to get your vision down, Write it down, make it plain, and put it up in front of you. It says, I want you to advertise what I am going to do for you. Because what happens now is that, one, you have made a public declaration that this is what God has said he's going to do for me. And it is up to him to make it happen. Now, if you are full of faith and you actually believe what God said he would do for you, you have no problem doing that. You have no problem publicly declaring. The Lord said he was going to bless me in a way that no one has ever seen. But when you cannot publicly admit, even in your soul and your spirit, that this is what God has said for you, that means you're doubting what he said. So now your vision isn't even blurry. It's non-existent. See, my father has always taught me to play things close to the vest. Always. Always. Like, you need to know what I need you to know, and nothing more. That's it. But in this case, what he wants here is for you to actually experience what he is saying about you in a way that it becomes real inside your heart, 
in your spirit and in your soul so that it's no longer a secret. And to live out it publicly is what he's asking for. See, I, I don't want you to come in here next Sunday with God's vision for you on a big giant billboard and show it to me. Because, you know, God love you. I don't want to know. All I want to know is when it happens for you. And I'll be right there to cheer you on. What he wants for you is for you to start living your life in an open fashion where you actually believe what he said is true. That is what he's looking for. So, Lord, you know what? This is what you said I can have. So I'm starting to live my life that way. Deuteronomy 11 talks about living your life as you've actually seen God's greatness. It talks about remember what God has done for you. Live your life like you've actually seen what God has done. And it's those smaller victories that lead to bigger victories that build confidence in your lifestyle of actually believing the word of God. See, we had talked about this very basic principle before. Because folks will tell you, we'll just fake it until you make it. No, we don't serve a fake God. So that sentiment is ridiculous. I'm not faking nothing. I'm going to stand here until it shows up. See, faith is assurance. Faking is doubt. See, faking is, is me having to act like God is blessing me. But see, I don't want to act like God is blessing me. I actually want God to bless me. I'll show you better than I can tell you. And that's what God wants for you. He wants to bless you in a way that you become a living testimony. A giant walking, wait for it, billboard for what he can do for you. Now, this is a radical concept. God actually blessing you because he said he would. Your prayers being answered because he said he would. Because you believed in his word. Because you were faithful to his word. And you lived in and out of your faith. It's radical, I know. But if you do it, guess what will happen? That's right. Greatness will come upon you. That's right. Mm-hmm. Because that is how we were meant to live. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes. A lifestyle of God's greatness. Yes. See, I don't want it to be a monument of Dave's ego because Lord knows we've already had enough of that. That's right. <laughs> what he wants is a monument to his greatness in your life. The vision writing and the execution of the vision in your life is about showing everyone else what God can do. That's right. See, and when you understand that that's the purpose of your vision is to draw other people in, that things become easier for you. See, we've become so possession-minded that we forget about the provider and we just want the possessions, and the possessions isn't going to get you there. If you continue to read in Proverbs and in Habakkuk, it talks about those folks that store up everything to accumulate. Guess what? You will never be satisfied because you will always want more. You will consume it on just vain appetites. And you will never be fulfilled. See, because for that person, there's not enough technology, there's not enough cars, there's not enough big houses, there's not enough fancy clothes for you to be fulfilled. He said, so if you're that person, I don't want you. So what I want is the guy or the gal 
that sees God as priority number one. And that is his only priority. When you see God as numero uno, and you see that vision as the only vision that you should have, and all of your steps every day is protecting that vision, nurturing that vision, and making sure that it comes to fruition in your life, then greatness will sweep you off your feet and carry you to a plateau that you have never experienced before. So today, when we take communion, you'll have a specific vision in your head. See, because you can't take communion without thinking about Jesus being on the cross. You can't take communion without thinking about his body being bruised and battered and broken. Ripped to shreds. You can't... It's impossible. It's impossible to take communion and not think about that. It's impossible to take communion and not think about God himself sending his only son down here as sacrificial lamb. So that is a clear vision in your head. And what also needs to be in your head is the result of what he did on that cross. And the result of what he did when he got out of that grave. And the result of what happens when that shed blood came flowing out of his body. That is also what needs to be a part of your main vision. Because that will empower you. So Lord, you know what? You did do this for me. You did go to the cross so that I can live a better life. You did die for me so that I don't have to be a slave to sin any longer. You did this so that I can be redeemed from destruction. Yes. You did this so you can set me up on high. Thank you, Lord. You did this so that your name can be exalted. Yes. Yes. And when you see it that way, yes. greatness comes. Mm-hmm. Deliverance comes. Yeah. Prosperity comes. Yeah. Wholeness comes. Yes. So I hope that you have been introduced sufficiently to God's vision for your life. Yes. We are going to rip this thing wide open. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Because there needs to be a place and a people and a location where every single person is empowered and an on-fire attitude for God. That's right. As my old pastor used to say so very eloquently, it is time out for foolishness. Which is not even a real word. But I'm not even going to put that out there. But everything he said was exactly true. So you know what? You got to stop playing the game. See, if you're going to be a believer, then believe. What's the point of doing it if you're not going to do it? If you want to receive, then receive. You want to be blessed, then just be blessed. That's right. Stop everything else and start to experience what God has for you. Yes. So that he can do more works here yes. and in your life. Yes. When you understand that the salvation process, him being crucified, dying, and raising, wasn't about saving your pocketbook, but was more about saving your soul and in turn you saving the world, then all of those other things like we see in Matthew 6 will take care of itself. That's right. See, we were overwhelmed and overtaken by the prosperity message, and I love it. And I, have, I, I don't have a problem with it at all. That's right. But in its proper context, yeah. it is powerful. Yeah. 
much like everything else in the Bible, yes. if it becomes perverted, then it becomes of no effect. So then you have people talking about, yeah, the Lord blessed me. No, he didn't. You had to take out a quadruple mortgage to pay for that. That's right. You're in credit card debt up to your eyeballs because you want your neighbor across the street to think that you're living a lifestyle that you really can't afford. See, because when you get locked into that situation, then you're generating your own wealth. That's right. And then you've stopped believing. You've certainly stopped receiving. That's you've right. stopped confessing. And you have severed your relationship with God. Yeah. And you, yourself, have just become little God in your life. And guess what, baby? That ain't doing it. No. That's See, right. that's not greatness. That's struggle. That's right. When you continue to read in Proverbs, it talks about usury. When you get to that point where you're just hoarding, 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 just like the world does, he will allow your debtors to overtake you and consume you. I would much rather have God's vision executed in my life rather than my vision executed in my life. My vision is full of holes. My vision has to do with scheming, conniving, probably lying, probably doing some things that are shady, just so I can make it. And that's not it. But God's vision is perfect. It is perfect in its construction from start to finish. And it will manifest itself in a way that will blow your mind. So... Did you get what I said to you today? Yes. Did you get what I said to you today? Amen. Do you understand what God is starting to do for you? Right. See, so when you leave today, start thinking about that vision. Right. Start thinking about how you want to hand make and tailor make this vision. Yeah. Think about spending more time with your heavenly father so that his prophetic revealed plan can be revealed to you. So that the next time we meet, you'll be ahead of the curve. That's right. So that by the time we meet next Sunday, you guys will have actually read your benefits package. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. By the time we meet next Sunday, you will have checked off all of the buy-up options that you want. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. By the next time that we meet, you will know exactly what God's plan is for your life. That's right. That's and then we'll talk about protecting that plan and making sure that it comes to fruition in your life.